like our, our vision for the trip was to engage our kids in a, in a restorative relationship with our world, you know? And, and so how do you do that at home? Yeah. How can you be content in where you're at for the moment? Seeing the beauty and creating the beauty where, where you're at and not just looking at tomorrow. Cause who knows tomorrow may never come. the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone. Hey guys, thanks for listening to episode 98 of the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast. We're on our way, counting down to 100. We're almost there and I'm still bringing back some of our favorites from over the years. Um, I have such an interesting conversation for you today. I've invited back our favorite traveling family, the Bensons, Dwayne and Rebecca are joining us again to talk about where they are now and what's been going on for them since they returned to the US after their year-long stint abroad with their three kids. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go back and listen to episodes 67 and 76, where we first met the Bensons as they were planning for their year-long trip around the world. And then we caught up with them about halfway through to see what that trip ended up looking like. And now they've been back for over a year and absolutely nothing resembles the quote-unquote normal that they were living in before they left. Um, And I'm honored to be able to share this conversation with you guys today because it's not your typical travel conversation. We're not getting excited about where we're going and the best tips for this or that. But we're reflecting on an adventure past and how that has affected the present and what that means for the future. Um, And this is a super important part of travel that so many long-term travelers go through coming home. Um, And the whole thing feels just impossible sometimes. And I'm sure that a lot of you out there listening to this can relate to that and have felt that one time or another or all the time. (laughs) Um, So let's go ahead and get into this hard conversation, hard but interesting and um, I guess hopeful conversation with Dwayne and Rebecca Benson. All right. I'm so excited to be back with Dwayne and Rebecca Benson, who we first met... Oh, how many years ago was it now, you guys? Two, I think? Two years ago? Yeah, like two, two and a half, ago. I think, uh, when, when we first contacted you and just over two since we left. Since you left. Okay. And we talked before you left on the podcast for the first time. So so uh, the Bensons are the <laughs> inspiring family of five who decided to take pack up their lives and hit the road, which you were going to go around the world for a year and you ended up staying in South America, which you don't have to explain to me. <laughs> Um, And now you... And so we've talked to you twice, once before you left and once when you were in the middle of your trip. And now you guys got back, what, a year ago? Over a year ago? Just just a little bit over a year ago. Yeah, it was... I think our... We we landed in April of last year. End of April. End of April. Okay. And this is the interesting part because... Every traveler eventually, you know, comes home or to some extent stops traveling. Um, and so the whole idea of readjusting back to life, whether that would be normal or new or whatever it is that you decide to do with it, um, that is kind of where I wanted to go with this today is just to kind of catch up and see where you guys are now and um, kind of talk about how this huge adventure that you guys took um, has completely changed your lives and what you're doing next and all of those fun things. So (laughs) (laughs) I, I almost don't even know where to start with you guys right now. Just where, how about this? Where are you now? Let's do that. We are back in San Antonio. As you know, we sold our house. We were on the outskirts of San Antonio and sold our house, did the trip kind of the plan was to downsize and kind of move closer to downtown a little bit, you know, a little bit inner city, kind of on the fringe, not in, you know, developed area, but something that was up and coming. And so we could be kind of part of the process of mm. changing our city. And so we kind of 
We did downsize and, uh, <laughs> we actually, actually bought a house while we were still in Ecuador, uh, last year I came home for work and ended up buying a, it's a tiny, it's a tiny home, but it's not like a tiny, tiny home, like what you would see on TV or whatever, but it, for five people, it's, it's freaking small. Yeah. <laughs> 160 square feet for five people. So it's pretty little. Yeah, but that's... I mean, that's huge compared to... You guys have been literally... I mean, when you're on the road, you're in the same few square meters the whole time. So Right. Or or smaller. Yeah. We we stayed uh, in places that were like 250 square feet for all five of us. So Yeah. So what does that look like for you? How did... Um, so we talked about at the. I think we talked about this on the show about um, your decision to go back. How has that been for you? How has it been to 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 go back after after a year of being abroad with your family? That was especially in the beginning. It was really really difficult. We knew it was going to be hard to adjust back because we had been out of country and just the culture shock coming back. So we expected that. Mm-hmm. But there was a different level of difficulty that I wasn't expecting, especially like just trying to figure out where's our place. And after like, where do you go from doing like a giant, amazing, adventurous trip? um, How do you kind of settle back into normal? Mm. And part of it was we didn't want to settle back into (laughs) normal, but kind of had to just to kind of regroup and finances and Mm -hmm. Um, to figure things out. And so, yeah, it, I, I was surprised by how difficult it was. Um, I would be overwhelmed by things. Like I was in Costco one day and I just had this like overwhelming, like tears, like trying to surface. And I was like, I didn't know what my problem was, but it was just like, I don't know if it was a consumerism or excess or just our selfishness. And we have so much and coming from just seeing poverty. And I, I don't know what it was, but I was just like a few times just being in stores where like, I can't handle this, you know? Oh yeah. And, um, you know, we just, we have so much, um, And so I don't know, it was, it was difficult. It kind of went into like, I knew I needed to go and find community again, but I was resistant to doing that. Like I didn't want to go and make friends and go and find Mm. people. Um, cause we kind of moved to a totally different area of town that was kind of far from where we used to live. And so, um, I was in a funk. It was really, really rough time for a few months there for me. And actually Dwayne, Dwayne cared me. <laughs> I was gone one day at this, um, like a convention meeting I had to be at and I come home and it was right around my birthday mm-hmm. and he was looking at pictures of Guatemala <laughs> and he said, so did you like going to Guatemala? And I was like, of course I loved Guatemala. You know, I loved it. And he said, well, good. Cause you're going back. And I was like, what are you talking about? So he had bought tickets for me to go. He ta- had talked to my sisters. And so two of my sisters and I went to Guatemala. And so I was like, <laughs> somehow just that adventure again, like the idea of going on an adventure again and the planning. And I don't know, I was, I don't know. I suddenly snapped out of my funky mood and, (laughs) but it was really, I don't know. There was, it's still sometimes like, what are we doing here? What's with the doing the same thing over and over every day Mm -hmm. and the routine. And it's just, I feel like that's not us anymore. And so it's kind of hard to squish ourselves into that mold. Oh man. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. I feel like you're preaching to the choir. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is why I am where I am now is because that first year abroad when I went to Costa Rica and came home, quote unquote home, I was like, what is this? And how am I supposed to live here? And man, it is hard to figure out where you fit in and, and how to hold on to an experience so profound when nothing around you has changed. I mean, okay, I can't say that because obviously little things do change. Stores go in and out, people move in and out. I mean, things do change, but so profoundly have you changed after a trip like that and coming back into a place where everything seems to be the same? Oh, 
it's like impossible. It's like impossible. It feels impossible. Yeah, that's probably one of the things that we didn't do well with our kids too. Because we we've taken trips before. Like my first trip overseas was when I was thirteen. I was gone for two months and had these incredible, incredible experiences. And I came back and it was like, man, what do I, what do I do? Like I experienced Mm -hmm. that same thing when I was young. And then I did another one to Brazil when I was 16. It it just, it it happens after every trip like that. You know, you go away and you're changed. The trip changes you. And then you come home to, you know, everybody that is pretty much the same Mm -hmm. and same experiences and, so, you know, we've kind of grown accustomed to that feeling of coming home, but I don't know if we actually did a great job dialoguing that and debriefing our kids for that as well. And so the whole family, like all of us, like I let Rebecca answer that because I didn't know if I would just break out in tears. <laughs> like, it has been an incredible struggle for me for the last year. Like I've been in a funk, like, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's just because of the trip, but that sure doesn't help. Man. (laughs) Yeah. I want to be back on on it, you know? Um, (laughs) but yeah, that's probably something that we didn't do well debriefing our kids. We did try a little bit, but we didn't know to the extent that was going to affect all of us, you know? All of us really kind of went into a little bit of a funk mm-hmm. when we came, you know, just. Yeah. I would encourage you though, not to take the guilt for that because you can't, I mean, even now, you know, like I've been doing this forever and it happens to me every time, you know, it, it's not something you can prepare for no matter how many times you've done it. It's not like riding a bike. It's different mm-hmm. every time, you know, like it's, you can't prepare for that. And so it's, and it's going to be different for every person. Yeah. It, it will for sure. And, you know, for, for your listeners, if they're planning on taking families and stuff like that, they would do well to, you know, kind of debrief their kids on the, you know, before you come home. And we did that when we were, we, our last country was Ecuador and probably the last week we, we kind of tried to, um, walk them through what was going to be happening when we, went home and just some of the experiences that we had as teenagers when we first came home from, you know, going abroad. And I think it would be uh, very advantageous for any of any of your listeners who, who haven't, or maybe they have been on a trip before, but um, going with kids just to, to really walk with them through that process of what's it going to look like when you come home and um, some of the questions that surround that. Hmm. And how will it be different and what days are going to look like now? And what about going forward? Did you have a, did you have any kind of a strategy or a plan to kind of keep the spirit alive of, of, of the adventure and travel? Well, you know, that, that is kind of yes, yes. And no, I don't know how to answer that right now. (laughs) (laughs) We, We did, but. I mean, it hasn't gone exactly to plan, Mm -hmm. but, um, kind of our idea was to come home, you know, downsize, move into a smaller house that is on the fringe of, you know, the ghetto, but getting better and being a part of bringing beauty to a community and just, you know, being a part of that process. And to some extent, that's exactly what we've done, but it's a lot harder than what we've figured maybe, or we, we'd like to see ourselves further along in the process and we're not, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But also, I mean, we do still plan to, um, travel more, but without something like airline tickets booked, (laughs) we're kind of feeling stuck, but we definitely, (laughs) um, plan to go. We've talked about doing three to six months, um, out of every year and just going and maybe instead of jumping from place to place, slowing down and just spending that time in one place Mm -hmm. and just living there for a couple months and really getting into the community and getting to know people because that 
from the trip, like that's what was most impactful to us is the people. Um, and, and when we stayed in one community for a while, those were the best, best moments, the most memorable times we've had. And so just how can we do that? And so, yeah, we've, we've been talking about, um, how that's going to look and probably next summer, um, is when we're going to start doing that up again. So it seems like I'm away. <laughs> and maybe that's, I don't know. I just started thinking, man, you sounded really down there, but that's probably what it is. Like we're in the pre-planning, you know, just visioneering stage of, you know, the rest of our life and, or not even just the rest of our life, but just how to incorporate that adventure and, and keep that, spirit of adventure and alive. Um, but yeah, when you don't have tickets booked, it's (laughs) it's just stuff on paper that we've written down. Like how do we want to organize our life and, you know, travel and incorporate that into the rest of our life. And right now it's, it's still a dream. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the planning or even, or even planning it's dreaming but everything starts with a dream, you know, like that trip started <laughs> with a dream and we were able to accomplish it. Oh, so yeah. now it's going back, creating kind of a home base and dreaming for our, for the rest. I know? think part of it, the reason we, we could do the last one, it was like a one-time thing. We knew we were going to come home. So like, let's throw everything in there, do this thing. And now we're like, well, how do we make this our life <laughs> and not just a one-time trip? We could mm-hmm. go on a one-time trip. You know what I mean? We could go and do that, but we're like, well, we, we want this to be able to be a part of us going forward, not just a one-time thing. So that's kind of the problem, the problem we're having, figuring that out without being internet geniuses who can make money online, you know? So (laughs) we're like, what do we do? How can we, you know, get income? How can we make it work anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Make it work always. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Dwayne. I'm pretty locked into my job too, as Mm -hmm. far as being a firefighter here. And, um, you know, I, I do love it for sure. But there's times where it's like, man, I just wish we could (laughs) quit everything and go. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Being financially responsible and, you know, the more responsible thing is to stay for right now. (laughs) (laughs) For right now. You're figuring it out though. I mean, I think, I, I feel like you're taking me on a trip back in my own, on my own path, just because I was totally there also. I mean, son's three kids, so that's a little different, but, um, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, the family thing, that's, a, that's a, that's a whole nother layer, uh, to this equation. But, but yeah, I mean, it starts with a passion. It starts with a dream, accomplishing that and saying, okay, this is me. I'm going to keep doing this, figuring out how to make it work. Um, finances, all of those things. I mean, it took me, I don't know, 10 years or so before before I figured it out. So maybe you'll be faster than that. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had, I guess I had college to finish. I had other layers to my equation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, sure. And you, okay. So we were just saying this before we started recording. Um, that you have possibly a new dream on the horizon, which it doesn't have to be anything concrete. (laughs) I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I love the idea of taking a van around the States even (laughs) because, okay, a plane ticket, you have a pretty sweet gig there as a, as a firefighter, fire, fire, you know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) And, (laughs) and getting flights within the U S if your family's like taking a cruise around the States, you know, way easier than flying back from Patagonia to go work a three week shift or whatever, you know? That's true. That's true. (laughs) I think it kind of started while we were in Patagonia. I mean, we've always liked road trips, but our road trips have always been, you know, two to three weeks long. Just not like, they're not like a life time, you know, they're just a couple of weeks. But when we were in Patagonia or actually, I mean, it was the whole trip. We just met people driving the whole time. I think we talked about this on your last podcast, but the idea of, you know, getting a, a van or a land cruiser or whatever and, and driving back down to Patagonia <laughs> and yeah. just that idea of being on the road and experiencing, you know, mountains and oceans and 
but yeah, I just, it just got back from San Diego yesterday and being able to be in my home, uh, city for a couple of weeks and got to surf some and hang out with some old friends and, and just, you know, be at the beach almost, it wasn't every day, but it was almost every other day, maybe, you know, like it was, I spent a lot of time looking out over the ocean and that's just kind of home to me. Like I was just telling Rebecca last night, like just standing at the ocean and looking at the expanse is just like, I don't know. It just feels like home to me to do that. So it was like looking up these bands. And like, <laughs> how, how do you do this with a family? Like without buying some hundred thousand dollar motor home coach <laughs> thing that's 40 feet long. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Could we possibly oh, yeah, we could. do it in just a in a van? Hey, you wanted to downsize, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, could it be possible? I don't know. Of course, it's possible. It's not. It's 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 absolutely possible. People do it all the time. In yeah. fact, there's a, another. I think it was episode 22 on this podcast that I talked with a family that went over. Um, they're from Reno, Nevada, and they wait. Where's that them? The ones I think that they, yeah, they took their kids over to Europe and got a van. Uh, and, <laughs> and that was in Europe. So add another layer of difficulty there. Like you could figure it out. You know, people do it all the time. I'm a well, fan. They want to donate, you know, <laughs> a big van or whatever. We'll, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, also people move in and out of van life. And so those vans are out there. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there casually. Yeah. You know, I was looking at some stuff online last week. And so this is, this is how crazy my mind is, has been about this. Like I went from looking at vans to looking at property in Chile, Ecuador. To these places on Chile and this one place that was like deeper into Patagonia. And he's like, look, this is already a hostel. We could buy this and live and make income. And I'm like, that actually is yes. beautiful. Like maybe oh. we should consider that. Like I just, yeah. We just want to go. I'm a we little crazy right now. No, I get it. You know, it's like you have been bitten. Yes. <laughs> Mortally yes. wounded by the travel bug. <laughs> That's what happens. That's a good way to put it. Mortally wounded. Like, <laughs> Oh, but that's a language that we speak here, you know, like that's it. That's why we're talking about this because that's how it happens. And it's like, okay, no one has an answer. It's just something we all go through. It's part of having an incredible experience. Your life changes so deeply, you know, and then what do you do with that afterwards? And (laughs) that's the real question. Like, what do you do with that afterwards? Like, how do you, how do you process it? How do you move forward? And and continue that spirit of not just adventure, but, you know, connecting and like our, our vision for the trip was to engage our kids in a, in a restorative relationship with our world, you know? And, and so how do you do that at home? How do you, how do you do that when you're not traveling? How do you look for the beauty in the place that you're at without becoming angry and well, not angry, but frustrated yeah yeah how can you be content in where you're where you're at for the moment seeing the Mm -hmm. beauty and creating the beauty where where you're at and not just looking at tomorrow because who knows tomorrow may never come Mm -hmm. and you're going to miss out on the people the beautiful people that are around you and uh and pouring into them so in those times when I come back from a trip, even if it's a shorter one, this is in the past, you know, but even if it's a shorter one and I'm just like, I have these days, I used to have these days where I would just be so down. I mean, I was being tears. Like, I can't handle this. I need to do something. I need to go somewhere. I need to, you know, and, and the three things that we would turn, that I would turn to would be, and I just mentioned this in the last podcast too, I think, but either like, having a themed night with a dinner and like clothing and music from some country that I love um, to just kind of celebrate and get get out of my head for a minute, you know, and make it feel like I'm traveling or read a book that takes me 
just on an adventure itself where I can just also kind of get, you know, a healthy distraction or um, my, and my favorite, the one that always worked really was starting to plan the next adventure. I always had to have something on my account. Like I had to, I had to. And I think there's something that, that pairs with that. And that is, it felt like it was me. That was my natural self. Like I need to travel. It is in my blood. So I'm either denying myself that or I'm putting myself out there and figuring out how to make the best me. That's how I see it, you know? And all of that has turned into this podcast, the blog, the trips that I lead, like all these things that have become, this is what I feel like I am called to do. And if I had denied it and said, no, I need to just get back into normal life and accept that I, you know, this isn't possible or whatever. No, there's no way. I don't speak that language, you know, like, uh uh-uh. I am listening to where I feel called and there's a passion there. And that passion turns into projects. And whether that project is a trip or a business or writing a book or creating a course or doing some sort of mentorship program, you know, like there's something there. And when I can start something like that, that's when I feel good because I feel like I'm doing what I'm called to do. And travel has has been at the base of all of it. You know, Mm -hmm. and so I feel like there's definitely something there. It's not a selfish thing. This is how I am able to put my best self out to the world and make a difference. And I mean, I feel like you guys, there's something there for you too. Yeah, it's we have an author that we like, Bob Goff. I don't know if you've heard him. Oh my gosh. Whimsy. (laughs) Bob Goff. Whimsy. What did he what's that book that he wrote? Love does. Love does. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, he he just wrote another one too. Everybody always. Everybody always. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But he's from San Diego too, actually. You know. (laughs) But he talks. San Diego produces some good ones. (laughs) (laughs) He talks about the next best version of yourself, and Mm. you know it's exactly what you're talking about. Once you start planning and and goal setting, like it 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 just creates movement, you know, and that movement is, is awesome. I kind of wonder if that's one of the reasons why we had such a good time on the trip is because it was like we were a team and we were moving with a goal. We were like these explorers moving through these countries with a purpose, you know, to Mm -hmm. connect with people, to connect with culture, to connect with places. And we were accomplishing that. And then when you come home, you know, things kind of changed. So it is looking at that next best version of yourself that, uh, that you're talking about. Like, like, that's so good. I love that. I'm going to have to get that book. I loved the first book. Love does. Yeah. That was a good one. That's but, one of my favorite. He, yeah. He's probably read it five <laughs> times or so. <laughs> I forgot all about that book. I'm so glad that you said that. I'm so that's excited good. to read this next one. I'm going to, I'm going to find it. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody always. Everybody always. What a great title too. <laughs> yeah. Everybody it's true. always. I mean, it, I mean, I haven't read that one yet. It's on my list. But the idea is to to love people, you know, mm-hmm. just love yeah. people always. Yeah. Like just love them. Hmm. I love that. He's, he's good. Yeah. So how does it feel then now that you have all of this? kind of in front of you and within you and behind you to look back at who you were before the trip. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Say that again. How do you feel like, like kind of like, how do you feel it's changed you? What does it feel like to look back at who you were before, before this huge trip and where you are now and how you see things and how has it like permanently changed you? It's a complex question. No, <laughs> boom. Didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely um, that desire to always be on adventure. We've definitely gotten that. There's things that um, each of us probably have gotten um, from the trip as well. Um, like for the kids, they they want to be going 
all the time as well. So I know they're going to be travelers. <laughs> um, yeah. Noah really um, has fallen in love with photography. He kind of was interested in that before, but um, he had a lot of good opportunities to take awesome pictures on the trip and just kind of nailing that down. Micah has, um, discovered is a love for oceanography, mm. um, that he didn't have before just from scuba diving and being underwater. And now he's just, he really loves sea creatures. And we're like, there's something in him for this because he's, really good at identifying different creatures and just is very interested in them. And also we discovered he really has a gift for language, um, Ooh. that we weren't aware of. Yeah. Just, he has a, a real love for, for language and, and a gift. I mean, he catches on to language really, really quickly after just a couple of weeks in Spanish school after like I had had four years of Spanish in high school and a couple, and he had nothing, um, before we left in a couple of weeks, he was more advanced than I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this isn't fair, but, um, he actually so, kind of got me out of a jam in Chile when I got pulled over by a cop. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Go Micah. That's so awesome. Yeah. So the cop was talking to me and I was like, what do you say, Micah? So he translated for me. Everything went, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> also, so he, um, in actually in the jungle as well, he became a translator. We didn't talk about this because we went to the jungle after we talked to you oh, last yeah. time, mm-hmm. which was like the craziest experience of the entire trip. But, um, yeah, we spent two weeks deep in the Amazon and we were trying to teach some little kids in the school and he would learn their language in order to translate, teach them Spanish and then teach them English as well. It was amazing to watch. He just kind of picked it up, figured out this is the problem. This is how to fix it. And he just picked up on their language and it was really, really amazing. Um, so he's, he's gotten that and a sense of adventure for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and me, I'm just really passionate now about learning Spanish, um, wishing I was fluent and wishing I had Micah's gift, but, um, she's working on it though. Yeah. I'm still, I, I found a Spanish teacher here, a girl, Angela from Colombia, and we trade off. We speak English one day and speak Spanish the next day. And, Yay. um, and just trying because of the experiences that we've had, um, especially with different women, I, um, I'm really passionate now about helping these women, um, artisans, especially actually in, in, um, these really poverty stricken places. And in speaking with, it was three times, I think a woman was crying and telling me how her baby had died and I couldn't understand her. Oof. I knew her child had died and I knew that something tragic had happened, but I can't, you can't stop her and say, can you please slow down or repeat that? You just Mm. have to cry with them. And Mm. I just not understanding fully what she was saying was what really motivated me to, I I said, I need to learn this language. I need to learn wherever you go to communicate with people fully. You need to know their language. And so for me, that's been something, um, and just, just a passion to help artisans. So I know this kind of wasn't your question. No, that was it. That's totally it. That have changed about us Mm -hmm. because of the trip. And I know for our family. It kind of revolves around just like the ethics of traveling, like what it is that we do when we're overseas because we're going to go back overseas, but how, how do we interact with a, a people that is not our own? You know, do we tend to view our vacations or our travel as something that's self-indulgent or self-serving, or do we really, do we really take into to mind that the places where we go are the places where people live, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's not their tourist adventure. It's, 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 their it's their home, you know? So are we taking advantage of them? Are we introducing something that's actually not beneficial for them? So just like the ethics of, of travel, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, that's, that's really kind of become coming to the forefront of, of, where we would like to go in the future and, you know, even trying to take people overseas and 
and have these, these, you know, experiences for them to, you know, engage and learn and, um, kind of the same thing that we did with our kids, you know, this restorative engagement with our world. Um, how do we put them in the presence of locals without having a, I don't know, a neo conquistadorian mindset of taking, Oh yeah, uh, because it's so easy to just go somewhere and think that this trip is for me when really we, we should be thinking about the people that we're going to experience at the same time. Like we should be as interested in the people as the places. Um, and how do we connect? Because it's just, it's such a richer experience and it just fosters, I don't know, for lack of better word, global community. Like mm-hmm. that's, that sounds, I don't know, weird, but just no, the that's idea. that's what it is that, though. Mm-hmm. Just the idea, you know, that that our minds can change and, and shift. And um, I was reading uh, some Brene Brown yesterday on, on the plane. And it's the, the whole idea of it's it's hard to hate people from close up. Lean in. So if you can mm-hmm. really put yourself and put other people in the path of those that are not like them, um, those who have incredible um, experiences unlike them. Like how rewarding is that to humanity and not just that person, but to the rest of the rest of humanity, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So that, I don't know, ethics of travel and sustainable travel. And there's just a, there's a lot going on in our heads and our hearts. And (laughs) yeah, I can tell. It would be a really long conversation. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, I think that goes, goes back to what we were talking about action and passion and pursuing your calling, you know, like there's definitely something there for you guys. And I'm really excited to see, I guess, where you take it and where you go with it. It has already kind of started too. Like mm-hmm. we, we met a gal in Ecuador. Rebecca should probably tell a story. Yeah. Really, but she's really kind of latched onto this gal and, and has a new passion for, uh, I'll let her tell us. Yeah. This is what I was just going to ask you about. So please go ahead, Rebecca. So we had just come out of two weeks, the craziest experience ever in the jungle. And we were in Cuenca, Ecuador at an artisan market. And my niece actually went with us to Ecuador. So that was a really awesome experience. She spent a month with us there. I know in our last podcast, we said we're going to Indonesia next after (laughs) our Christmas break. (laughs) And I think Dwayne said it was you who changed our mind about that. And so we went back to South America and went to Ecuador instead. And we found this workaway um, in the jungle. But when we got there, they were like, who are you? What have you come for? (laughs) They weren't expecting us. It was really, really crazy. And the craziest uh, difference in culture that we had experienced yet, completely different. So fast forward, we're in this artisan market right after we came out of the jungle, a few days after. And my niece comes up and she says, hey, there's a girl over there selling spears and jewelry and she's from the jungle. And so I was like, oh, I got to talk to this girl. So we go over and I was like, why did you leave the jungle? Because I was thinking, you know, it'd be so hard for someone who lived in one of those tribes to come out and try to live in a city and it would be so different and so difficult. So just, I got started talking to her and her story. Um, it's the, she has, um, I didn't know her whole story at first, but she's actually given me permission to share it. But, um, she was kidnapped at the age of 13 and she, um, was imprisoned by this horrible man for 18 years. And she had tried to escape many times. He threatened to kill her. He would chase her through the jungle with a machete. And, um, she had five kids. Her oldest daughter, um, was very, very sick on the brink of death actually. And she said, if I don't get her to a hospital, she's going to die. And she tried one last time and they made it. They escaped, um, from this man. And she now sells jewelry. This is a super condensed version, but she Mm -hmm. now sells jewelry to support her kids. Um, and she 
she makes this beautiful jewelry. She makes it out of seeds from the Amazon. This old lady in the jungle had taught her this trade. And um, so we, I kind of partnered up with her and we bought tons of her stuff. And now I have an Etsy shop and trying to sell her jewelry. I do um, like festivals and stuff sometimes, um, Mm -hmm. have a there and just trying to support her instead of just a handout for somebody, but giving her dignity um, and buying the jewelry from her and saying, your work is valuable. What you do is valuable. You're talented. And um, like she would try to give me a discount. She's like, you're buying a lot, have a discount. I was like, no, actually, which I'm a bargainer. I mean, when I travel, like I'm all about the discount sometimes, but I think sometimes it's really inappropriate to bargain with people in this situation, for mm-hmm. example, um, where she'll spend 10 hours on a necklace and then someone will try to buy it from her for five bucks. And she's just like, oh, really? I can't, you know? But she would try to give me a discount. I was like, no, your work is valuable. This is worth much more than I'm even paying for it. And I'm just trying to give her work value and to give her dignity in that and um, to show her that what she's doing is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's not just this somebody coming in and saving her, but, but partnering with her instead, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, I just feel so connected with this woman and we still communicate. Actually at this moment, she is very, very sick. And so I don't know, just my heart is breaking and I'm rooting for and praying for her to get better. But, um, I don't know. She's, she's the kind of person I'm like, this is the beauty in travel is finding ways where we can engage with other people and, and try to bring value to people, um, in ways that that's helpful, hopefully. And we're still trying to figure this out, like what's helpful, what's harmful. I think sometimes just throwing money at a situation can be very harmful to a community. And so, um, I don't know, we're trying to figure that out and figure out what that looks like to be beneficial to people and to bring dignity to people. So I love that. I'm so, I, I want to say like, I'm proud of you. Like, that's awesome. Good for you. Um, and what an incredible story. I know I've seen that on your, on your Facebook lately. Um, and yeah. I hope that she pulls through. Um, do you have a link to your Etsy shop yeah. where these yeah, are sold? I'll send that to you. Okay. What is your Etsy shop called? Samias Collective and it's seeds in Samias, um, S-E-M-I-L-L-A-S Collective. And it's all together as one way. If you separate it, it doesn't find it. But if you put it Semillas Collective as one thing, then mm-hmm. it finds it. Semillas means seeds in Spanish. Um, yeah. For those of you guys that, listening. It's it's very on purpose too. Not only does she make the jewelry out of seeds, but just the idea of whoever is buying it. And and even on our, our aspect, our, from our part too, it's like we're just, we want to plant seeds of hope in people. Mm, mm-hmm. So, you know, Ooh. by them purchasing, like they're planting a seed in this gal's life. And, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, we've talked about business. We've talked about, you know, going from what, where do we go from here? And that's, that that's in the conversation as well. So how do we help restore, um, people's dignity through business. And I mean, it's, it's been an ongoing thing for a long time. We're not novel in that at all, but you know, how do do we be a part of that? And maybe finding other artisans, but you know, one thing, speaking of planting seeds in people, this whole thing, it sounds like, Oh yeah, we helped this lady, but actually it's quite the opposite. She, her, her hope and her joy that's what, that's what drew me to her was she is the most inspiring woman I have ever met. Um, and she just like listening to her story, it was so beneficial in my life because she has no attitude of poor me. This is what happened. Like I had to draw it out of her, like really what happened to you? Yeah. Um, had to, I was there for a month. She had to like grow to trust me. And when I asked her if I could share her story, she's like, what's valuable about my story? Like she doesn't get this about herself, but she is 
inspiring. She's amazing. She is so full of joy and hope. I mean, she lives in just the worst poverty, um, deplorable conditions because she can't afford any better, but she is so joyful and hopeful. And, um, just every word that comes out of her mouth is words of hope Mm -hmm. and, um, love and just sitting. It was so humbling, just sitting and listening to her. And she doesn't have a poor me attitude. She doesn't have a, I'm in poverty attitude. And she goes out, um, and she goes back to the jungle, not to the village where the, the man was, but to different villages of her tribe. And she helps the people there, which it's like, how can she, she has nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. She'll collect like if one of the other artisans she knows their kid is outgrown something, she'll collect as much as she can and take it to the people in the jungle because she says they're they're poor. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, girl. oh man. Yeah. And then she also taught um at this battered woman's shelter. Um, she went and taught these women her trade. Would they they need income, they need jobs. They're her potential competition because they live in her town. She's gonna teach them how to make her jewelry. But she was like, these women need help. And she went for free. Like she didn't ask them for anything. She provided um, her time. She took time away from her stall. And it's just like everything she does just completely amazes me. So really it's her that has blessed us. Mm. Um, Instead of us going and helping this woman, she's such an inspiration to us. So it's really amazing um, just to see people like her and... um, the value that they added to our lives all along the trip, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's what one it's the, all about. One of the coolest things that came from that too, is she, she sent us a video of these ladies in, um, getting their first paycheck. Yeah. They were getting yeah. their first paycheck. <laughs> so she had, she had taught them how to make the jewelry and ended up selling it through another. Yeah. I work with this organization here called international blessings and they buy from artisans all around the world and then do subscription boxes. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I want to buy the international blessings. She said, I want to buy from these ladies, um, that were from the battered women's shelter. And so they had a big order, um, from international blessings come in. And so all these ladies were making bracelets and necklaces to order. Um, and so they all got a big fat paycheck, their first paycheck in their lives for a lot of them. And, um, they're just the pride on their faces from earning their own after being abused for so long. Mm. And they're out being their own income now. It was so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I was Super like, cool. go Ipiac. She's like Aww. this ringleader of all this, you know, and it was just really, what is her name? Ipiac is her name. We call her by another name, but just for, um, Mm -hmm. I told her I was going to, that's her jungle name. Okay. Um, just to protect your privacy, I'll use your jungle name when I share your story, but yeah, Ipiac is her tribal name. Well, I have to say as, as a listener to this conversation, the tone and enthusiasm in your voices changed completely when you started talking about that. <laughs> the beginning of the conversation. Yeah, from the beginning of the conversation. Yeah, it really has. And you know what? There's something there. So I hope that you continue to just explore whatever that is because it obviously lights you up. And that exactly. is where we need Dwayne and Rebecca, you know? So... <laughs> So go do it. Um, Also, I'm going to do something right now just to make it easy for you guys out there. Um, We're going to make a pretty link for your Etsy page. So if you just go to the budgetmindedtraveler.com slash seeds in English, because people know how to spell that one. (laughs) I've learned that lesson so many times. Um, It'll take you straight to Rebecca's Etsy um, shop. So we can look... And I just was looking at it and it's gorgeous. Oh my goodness. It's beautiful. You have some beautiful beautiful stuff on there. Yeah. So, okay. Well, it sounds like this adventure is far from over. (laughs) You're just an interim right now. You're just kind of (laughs) regrouping, figuring it out. This is one of the necessary phases of this travel lifestyle. Um, And you will figure it out. And it sounds like you have plenty of directions to go. It's yeah, just kind of narrowing it down. Hmm? So, there's a lot on our heart and our head yeah. that uh, we have plans for. So, I mean, it's kind of like I, I wrote a post one time, kill your dreams and, you know, they'll be able to grow. 
<laughs> you gotta like, you gotta prune some of your dreams down. So the ones that, you know, yeah. rise to the surface can actually flourish where if you just, if you have so many dreams and you never go through a pruning process, mm-hmm. like none of them are going to become actual fruit. So Trying to we're kind of, that next. we're kind <laughs> of in that dreaming and, and pruning stage so that there is, there yes. is actually fruit from our, uh, mm-hmm. our life. This is life edited. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to get rid of the good to make room for the best. That's what you got to do. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for your time, for coming back. And um, with such a different perspective this time, so much has changed. (laughs) But it's been so fun to follow your story. And I know that a lot of people in the BMT community really look up to you guys um, and find inspiration from your family, uh, travels and dynamic and all the things. Um, So... I'm pretty sure we'll be having another conversation at some point in the future. (laughs) So for now, maybe we could just say we'll talk to you later. Um, But it's been so cool to catch up with you guys, really. And it's fun that we've become friends through all of this. And um, I mean, meeting you guys at like 4am in the (laughs) Santiago airport (laughs) was pretty special. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know and I hope that our paths cross again sooner than later so yeah in the meantime um, where can people continue to follow you and your journey Uh, we're on Instagram before we finish still we have our old neglected blog maybe we'll pick up someday (laughs) but haven't (laughs) yet that's okay Um, one thing at a time (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah most of it's most of it's Instagram and we do some some uh, Facebook as well, but Instagram is kind of where we we hang posting. out these days. Yeah. yeah, I love Instagram. All right, well, we'll make sure and put the um, before we finish the the link on the show notes page, as well as the link to the Etsy um, and Yay. whatever else we talked about. So yeah, thank you guys again, and I wish you all the best in your interim phase. I know it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's scary. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jackie. All right, we'll talk again soon. All right, okay. bye. All right, there you have it. Dwayne and Rebecca Benson, huge trip behind, but still some big things ahead for them. You can just tell from their passion that while they might be at home for the moment, they are still exploring ways to integrate their lives with meaningful adventure. I cannot wait to see what they do next. Um, If you guys want to follow them, check out their Instagram at Before We Finish. And links to what we talked about today can be found on the show notes page at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 98. And remember that a direct link to Rebecca's Etsy shop where she's selling Ipiox jewelry from the Amazon is uh, you can find it straight through thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash seeds. Uh, That'll take you straight there. So... We're still counting down to 100. We've got one more episode coming up with some voices that you'll also recognize. So until next time, happy travels to you and see you guys later. 